Hey everyone, welcome Stop to Tommy. Deeper. <laughs> no. oh, oh, sorry, those were the preliminary things. We're live. <laughs> Good to have you guys with us as we get ready to go deeper into the message from this past weekend. I'm Pastor Scott. This is Pastor Don. And in between is the one who really makes this happen. Right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tommy. <laughs> Rose between two thorns. That's right. Absolutely. Um, Dave and Jan, welcome. Yeah. Hey, so we're going to need your guys' help. We need to figure out how to get more people to ask questions. This, uh, we, it's going to work better when we have questions. I don't, so. they just didn't have any. I was, it was crystal so clear. well presented that there were no <laughs> questions to be had. <laughs> Hi, Connie. Welcome. Lynn, welcome to you as well and others. Some, some of you might be watching not while this is live, but later. Yeah. yeah. And if you have questions then, what, what will we do? Yeah. So we're just going to encourage you. Just uh, well, it's be too late, but you can have questions for next time. So if you're watching later, too late. Don't ask any questions because we can't answer them because you're not live. And but, some of the people are listening on the podcast. Right. And so if you have questions, too, tune in next week. Tune in next week, or be sure if you have questions and you watch the sermon before Wednesday, send your questions to Tommy at GoodSamLV.com, and that's T O M M I at goodsamlv.com because yeah. it makes it easier for us to ask, answer questions when we have questions to answer. That's right. Yeah. So without questions, we'll just dig in. But yeah. I want to say hi to Lynn in Phoenix and uh, Lynn here in Las Vegas as well. And mm -hmm. I saw Pam that uh, Pam Corbine is watching too. Good to have you joining us as well, Pam. So and we know several of you tried to tune in on Monday and we apologize that Facebook was down for the count. Well, it wasn't your fault. On Monday. Yeah, really not our fault. But thank you for trying to tune in. But I'm glad that Facebook is back up and running. Yep. And uh, So those of you who join us, we, we're going to call it our Facebook campus, right? Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. um, you know, how a lot of people gather now yeah. and are Absolutely. able to. Electronic. So. Online is a great way to gather in community. More or more so. the podcasts mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. So great to have you there. So I, this was the second sermon in this series and i think we've got what seven weeks mm -hmm. planned it's called the sermon series is called hope and healing and um i mentioned in my my sermon and you i think you did it the first week too we just heard from a few people and 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 agreed that there's a lot of stuff still going on mm -hmm. i mean covid related the pandemic uh, you know soon two years of that and add to that you know, financial issues for some people, relationship issues for some people, health relation, uh, issues that maybe aren't COVID-related. And uh, some of the people on our planning team just said, you know, people need hope. And um, yep. that's what we're trying to do in this series. So uh, we started, Pastor Don kicked it off a week ago, and then the topic this last weekend was recharge your batteries. I liked how you brought in the analogy of a dead battery. was yeah. was really good, and you experienced that firsthand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out it, in the it, middle of nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I joked as God knew I needed a sermon illustration <laughs> for for this week. I didn't know that at the time, but uh, it's amazing how that can work out sometimes. Yeah, we were out. We were in Flagstaff and drove one day. Drove out just into the middle of the forest. I mean, there was a road, obviously, but it wasn't much of a road. And gorgeous forest, it had rained, so I mean, there wasn't a fire danger, it was just beautifully green and all of this. But we didn't have blankets or anything, we just sat in the car, rolled down the windows mm. to have lunch, our picnic in the car. And then it was time to go back. 
click, 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 click. It or didn't nothing. Even, it didn't, didn't even, even click. click. Oh my goodness. And that's um, a dead battery. It, it was it was really dead. And let's just say your wife was not a big fan of being out in the middle of the forest uh, with a dead battery. Right. And nor my son. The dog didn't care. Um, and I had to pretend that <laughs> everything had, was going to be all right. Everything was going to be great. And, and it was. You weren't in the middle of Arkansas, so you no. were okay. <laughs> Uh, and I won't give away the whole thing until a little bit later, but, but what it made me think about in this sermon series, because we're, we're, we're looking at the book Hope Quotient by Ray Johnston, mm-hmm. and I know Pastor Don mentioned that as well. And um, uh, he talks about you know recharging your batteries. So I, I thought, okay, I had a dead battery. What makes batteries in cars go dead? And, and so I discovered, I mean, I knew some of this, but I'm not a great mechanic, so I didn't know everything, obviously. But hot or cold temperatures, extreme hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Sure. I grew up in an area where it was extremely cold, and now I live in an area where it's extremely hot. Um, too many short drives yeah. will do it as yeah. well. Uh, connections that are loose. Well, if the cables are loose on the battery, the yep. wire's not quite on, or it's corroded, that could be a problem. And then the one I hadn't, I hadn't heard this term before, but I liked it. They uh, called it parasitic draw. Never heard of parasitic draw. Parasitic draw. I'm very familiar with bad batteries. I have an old car, yeah. and even when the alternator's working, it doesn't charge very well, and I have been stranded many of time. So I literally drive around with an entire toolkit in my trunk, <laughs> Two spare batteries, um, starter fluid, gasoline, and every, this is and these are all things that I have needed at one time or another. And now I just put them in the trunk. Radiator fluid, extra oil. You need a parasitic draw kit. I need a parasitic draw kit. <laughs> so I actually have an extra alternator that I can because I know how to turn the alternator, take the alternator on and off. So yes, I have an extra alternator as well. So, so parasitic draw. What, what I learned was, and I knew this would happen, is if you've gone out into the garage at night and there's a little light out in yep. the car because yep. the door like is shut light. all mm-hmm. the way, or it could mm-hmm. be the glove compartment light if they might have one or whatever. But that's that kind of slow drain on the battery. Parasitic yep. draw. Uh, on the battery. Well, then I was looking at Ray Johnston's book, Roy Johnston's book, right. and and he talked about you know what are the things in our life that rob us of hope, that mm-hmm. take hope away, and, and and so those were the things. We'll just talk a little bit more now too. I think Randy's got a, a question, and that is, uh, how do you get re-inspired by hope when when you're empty? When the battery is not yeah. just low, but it is dead. Yeah, it's a good question, Randy. And, uh, well, and we we got to get to that, but yep. let's let's pause, okay? Because you kind of answered that. So let's talk yeah. about some of the things that drain drain hope out of us, because we're going to get back to the things that will take your energy away. And yep. as we as we get to that part, uh, you're going to see the answers kind of unfolding. So right. we're writing down the questions and we're continuing. Um, right. So one of the things he said is unhealthy people. Absolutely. And I compared that to extremely hot or cold temperatures that drain our batteries. Yep. Un- unhealthy people in our lives can drain us too. Now, and not all at once. Just like hot or cold temperatures don't drain a battery right. all at once. Unhealthy people, they can slowly right. just kind of wear you down. Right. Their negativity. And, and it gets really hard if you live with them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not that any of us do. No, no. But, but if you do. But if, if you, you do. do. Yeah. Yes. Or. 
but we have to be aware of that. And, and, and it doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mean we don't care about them. It doesn't mean we don't pray for them. It doesn't mean we don't see them. But it might mean we have to limit um, exposure. Tommy, have you ever t- told your husband you just need a break from him? <laughs> um, because he was draining you? <laughs> Maybe not in those exact words. <laughs> <laughs> but... but I think we all know, and you don't have to type in your answer there uh, on, the, on the screen, but I think you get the point. They can be draining. We always can joke be. about how every group of friends has one kind of negative person, you know, because right. that's usually all that a group of friends can handle, one kind of <laughs> negative person. And if your group of friends doesn't have that person, you probably need to take a good long look at yourself because you might be them. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So extremely hot or cold temperatures kind of equates to unhealthy people. people. Then another thing that Johnston said in his book is unbalanced schedules. When mm-hmm. our schedules just get out of whack and they're not balanced. And I compared that to too many short drives. If you take too many short drives in your cart, the alternator doesn't have a chance to recharge the battery, yeah. if you will. Well, mm-hmm. if our schedules are out of whack and, mm-hmm. and looking just at this table, I think you know we all have kids now your kids are both out of the house yeah, but, yeah i'm empty that's um, true tommy has three what age oh, seven four and two i pray for you <laughs> tommy by the very nature of her life has an unbalanced schedule yeah. um but what so what do you do to maintain balance in your life tommy um i don't think i'm the best person to ask because i'm not <laughs> sure i'm doing it well <laughs> you know, you, you know, so it's here's a perfect example of being a little unbalanced right now yeah i would say i think it it feels very hard in this season of my life to maintain that balance. And it, dra- it drains you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So there you go. There's a perfect example. And, and I think we just about. have to be honest enough to be able to look at the schedule, too. And, and sometimes it isn't going to just get easily fixed, mm-hmm. but to be aware it can happen. And you see, when our battery died in that forest outside of Flagstaff, I was kind of kicking myself because I've lived in the desert long enough. Mm-hmm. And I said to Debbie's my wife, and I, I said, I should have known better because the car was three years old. Mm-hmm. And now we bought it, it was just a year old, but I should have known. Well, some of these things I should probably know too, and I think we go through life and we should kind of be aware, but sometimes you just, life's busy, it's crazy, and you forget to check. Yep. the battery and then all of a sudden it is drained and yep. it is dead and i know we're getting some other questions mm-hmm. related to that too so let's um, go through the last two yep. real quick and then we'll come to questions unnecessary guilt uh johnston talked about and, and i said that that could equate to connections that are loose or corroded sure a- and a really quick sermon was just that this that when we confess our sins the bible says that god forgives our sins god lets they're, God's done with them, but we're not. And, yeah. and, and the evil one, if you will, um, the devil reminds us of that stuff. And, and so we carry around this unnecessary guilt, and that is a loose connection, if you will, because God's done with it when we've confessed, but we don't forget. Here's how I kind of saw it. So you have a, a, you have a loose connection or corroded. So what's, not, what's happening there is the alternator is not able to send its juice back into the battery because the corrosion gotcha. is not allowing, as the car is running, it's not allowing the energy to come into the battery or it's a loose connection. So it's just, and that's what guilt does. It frays that connection you have with God. God is constantly trying to send his power 
back into your life, right? Constantly through the power of his Holy Spirit. And if you carry around too much guilt, if your life is too unbalanced, yep. it's not that God's power isn't there. It is. It's just that we're not able to receive it because the guilt is causing that corrosion or the unbalance is causing that loose connection. So I thought that was a really good analogy. And then the last thing that he he had a few more, but that I could share was underestimating the impact of exposure, underestimating the impact of exposure. And that's where I said, this is the parasitic draw. Mm-hmm. And what I, you know, and there's room for disagreement, obviously, but I see parasitic draw as just all the stuff that's out there bombarding us and, and, and draining us. So we have negativity, to, negative stuff. Yeah. Negative yeah. things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you don't even maybe even know it's happening. I mean, it's like that dome light that's on, and you mm-hmm, don't really mm-hmm, see it until mm-hmm. you come out later at night or you know before you go to bed. Ooh, left the light on. Um, but all this stuff. I, I mean, the news is constantly mm. negative. Careful, and, careful with too much news. You know, you know, and whatever channel you watch, and 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 and, and so that's mm. that parasitic draw. And then some channels are worse than others. There are. We mm. won't get into that. We right won't. Now. Yeah. No. But, no, let's it's let's true. let's get into that. <laughs> let's talk about which channels are worse than others. Which ones are more negative than it? So he again, just the four things: unhealthy people can drain us, unbalanced schedules can drain us, unnecessary guilt drains us, and underestimating the impact of exposure to all the stuff that's out there. And then I love this quote. He said, "Drained people are more susceptible to the toxic emotions of fear, anxiety, and discouragement." And if there's fear, anxiety, and discouragement happening in your life, it's understandable that hope is going to seem at bay. So there must be really a lot of people that have been drained because of COVID and because uh-huh. of just the world, because there's there seems to be more fear and anxiety and discouragement in our world today than there has been in the past. Now, I realize our country has gone through very difficult, discouraging, yep. fear-inducing times, but in my lifetime yeah. that I can remember... Uh, this is about, in general, the most kind of anxiety-ridden time I can remember in our in our country. Yeah, I'm a little older. I remember some time, but I was pretty young when, like the the sixties, sixties yeah. were happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a good, uh, but I would agree for myself too. And Tommy, you're much younger. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything ever being as fear <laughs> well, and anxiety. Nine eleven. Yeah. After nine yeah. eleven, there was this yep. pervasive sense of fear and anxiety. But we came together, and now we're just even pulling apart even more yeah it's definitely different and I, and I think that's some of that parasitic draw too because of the division and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff I was just gonna say I think too like just the past two years I think so you have your own just personal things that happen in your own lives that mm-hmm. kind of cause some of these things and then now on top of those that you already are navigating the past two years we've had all this bigger external stuff that feels even which I know we're not in control of any of that, but it feels mm-hmm. even more out of control than like yep. what you have going on in your own like family unit. And I think that's really what has like weighed us down. Yeah. If that makes sense. Those bigger external things that we really don't have any control of. We probably right. should just almost ignore them yeah. because I'm going to go there. The Democrats are going to try to tell you that Republicans are horrible and trying yeah. to destroy this country. Yeah. And Republicans are going to try to tell you that Democrats are horrible and trying to destroy this country. And neither of them are correct. Yeah. They're human beings with different opinions. Yeah. And so why we give them so much voice in our lives is a, it's a mistake. Yeah. Because we're all human beings. And, 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 and because we're at those extremes, there's little hope. 
Right. And that's the problem. Right. And so there's, there's that parasitic draw yep. that we're giving too much voice to. So let's, let's get to some questions because I think these questions okay. help us get to some yep. other parts yep. of your message. So, Tommy, what do you got for us there? So um, we have the one that Randy said, how to get re-inspired by hope when one is empty. Well, and, and let, let, let's get another one, too, because I think we'll get at some of that with the points coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then also, what do you suggest we put in our faith parasitic draw kit? You know, you were talking about your car. Yep. Mm, and yeah. then um, how do you balance the draw, uh, like the drain, I guess, that yep. comes from family and then maintain those family mm. relationships? Let's start with that one, because that one's a little bit more specific. These two yeah. deal a little bit more with some of your bigger, bigger uh, message points here. Um, how do you balance the draw from family and maintain the family relationships? It's very simple. You just cut off all contact with them and don't talk to them anymore. Say, <laughs> so, you know what? You're, you're a draw. I'm out. Done. Or you're out. My house, you're out. Okay, next question. <laughs> We're glad you find this helpful. That's right. <laughs> Maybe. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What do you, what do oh, you guys... How do you, that is a tough question, but how do you balance? Maybe if you have someone in your family who is a drain... On you. Well, I've got a teenager. Yeah. I, I mean, Parker can be a draw uh, and, and a drain, drain mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I exclude him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's an unhealthy relationship. I, I think this question doesn't necessarily go to unhealthy relationships, but the right. reality is three kids, seven and below, are going to be draining. Mm-hmm. Teenager's going to be draining. Even though your kids are out of the house, it probably drains. I mean... But at the same time, you know, what do we do as a family? I mean, we still try to pray before the meal. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and Parker pray before bed because nice. years ago she started, it, you know, she puts them to sleep while they're as a teenager, but at least they have mm-hmm. prayer time there as well. Um, you know, some of the things we'll get at here, I mean, worship's still a part of that family life. So I think how do we incorporate our faith into that? I, I guess I'm kind of at the point where I expect a bit of a draw, but mm-hmm. then how do I find, it might be harder for you at three, but where do I get some then energy too, to give to Parker when I need to? And it's interesting because I know you're, you're drawing the analogy to, the, to my kids, which they are draining on me probably like emotionally and physically and all of that. But I guess when I see this question, I think of specific like family relationships with like other adults okay. mm-hmm. that I know are just so draining almost like you kind of dread to see that family member at the family function Mm -hmm. and so how do we like maintain that relationship you know without letting them just kind of drain us all the way you know what i mean i see two part yep two part answer to this it's very similar to what we're talking about from scripture um jesus never excluded people from his relationships but in his time, the people that were parasitic to him were the religious leaders because they were constantly trying to put him down, trying to trip him up, trying to show him to be wrong, and eventually even killed him. So he would speak words of truth to them, and then he would not spend that much time around yeah, them. He yeah, spent yeah. more time with the people, with his yeah. disciples, the people that were in need. So he, he created boundaries and, yeah. and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, expectations that for those folks. And so... With the adult, you obviously, you have to be around your kids. So let's talk about those negative adults. Um, While you might not necessarily avoid them, you are not going to find ways to spend more time with them. Mm -hmm. And if they're really 
being negative or inappropriate, like say maybe they're being racist or they're talking badly about somebody, you can speak truth into that and yeah. say, you know what, I don't believe that or I, it makes me uncomfortable when you talk about this group of people this way or when you talk about Aunt Bertha this yeah. way. I happen yeah. to love Aunt Bertha. So it's okay to speak truth and into those relationships and not spend as much time with them. But with those people that are just draining because they're at that age or you know they're teenagers or whatever they are when they're when they're draining, I think Scott spoke to it very well. Once again, what did Christ do with those folks? He would find positive ways to interact with his disciples. His disciples were constantly messing up, but he would find ways for them to fellowship and have fun together so that they brought life. Because I know your kids are draining. My kids are draining. Okay. But there can also be very fulfilling. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's about, it's about, in that case, when it's people that you can't necessarily create those kind of boundaries of time and distance from, it's about creating situations where there is positivity as well as the whining about wanting to go to school or right. not wanting to go to bed, you know, which you can't avoid. Well, I mean, that was really great advice, but I think Connie kind of nailed it on the head. She just keeps duct tape near her and places a strip over her. Mouth. <laughs> oh, that's good. Thanks, Connie. Well done, Connie. Yeah. I'm going to do that in my next sermon. One more use for duct tape. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't want to spend a lot more time on it, but when you were saying that, I, I thought of a case, and I won't name names, but in a family situation in our case, uh, we did have to create boundaries and just say, this is how it's going to be, mm-hmm. and it needs to be like that. And or you will is, not be allowed to be a part of yeah, our family. Yeah, and this is acceptable behavior, and this is not acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the nice thing was eventually things changed. And, and so I think because boundaries were set and mm-hmm. expectations were different, we could move to a different place later. It took several mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. But, I had a Texas yeah. relative, they're like, if you're going to come to this family gatherings and you're going to get really wasted and start acting the fool you are no longer yeah. allowed to come to the family yeah. gatherings yeah. and then i had to stop coming no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, pray for him <laughs> just because of a time issue let me read one of the bible verses from ecclesiastes because what we said is build great relationships is a way that you can restore and, and turn this build great relationships find the people that are energizing the people that do lift you up and not tear you down in church that might be in small groups it might you know who do you associate Mm -hmm. with who do you spend time with and i love the verse from ecclesiastes if one falls down the other can help him up but it's bad for the person who's alone and falls because no one is there to help i want people in my life who can help lift me Mm -hmm. up and that's a big part of it you're going to have people that drain it's just Reality. Yeah. Make sure you have people that fill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hope that helps. Was there another question? Um, well, we... Oh, back to the... Yeah. So the other questions were, you know, where do we find some of the hope when we get empty, etc.? And I think uh, in the message, uh, some of that comes from worship, um, growing in our... Plan to take steps to grow in your faith. Um, I think, Pastor Don, you've heard what I've heard over the years. A lot of people say, I just don't feel close to God. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel this way. And mm-hmm. then the, often I'll ask a question, so tell me what you're doing to stay in touch with God, and I basically will hear nothing. Yeah. Yeah, the question, how do you get re-inspired by hope when one is empty? Yeah. You go get some fuel. Exactly. You you get charged up. You, you get the jumper cables you, that are going to put some energy back in. Worship is one of the great ways. Prayer yeah. is a great way to do it. I mean, those are two of the simplest and easiest answers, and it's not complicated. Yeah. 
do you make time to pray? Right. And you say, well, I pray and nothing happens. My guess, when most people do that, and they say, when I pray, they don't really work very hard at it. They'll right. give it a shot once or twice a week for a minute or two to intentionally set aside time to pray, uh, to intentionally be at worship, not once a month, but several times a month, to tune in yeah. to this. These are intentional ways to get re-inspired, to spend time with God's Word. And, and, and Luke says that Jesus, in Luke 5, it says Jesus often slipped away to be alone mm -hmm. so he could pray. Jesus did. I Jesus. Know. If he had to do it, <laughs> you think maybe we do too? Yeah. And, and so there are things we can do. I agree with the worship thing. And um, and I love this in Luke 5, often. Yes. Not once in a while. Right. Not when he was desperate. Often. Not when he was at the end of his rope. He just, it was a part of his routine of life, right. that idea of prayer. Right. You know. uh, and I think regular worship is an extremely important part of it, mm -hmm. too. And, and I, I, I'm sorry, it isn't just going to Mount Charleston and feeling close to God. I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm not saying it can't be a part of your life. But regularly worshiping with God's people in God's house or online. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to exclude the online portion because I know for some of you that's the way you have to do it right now. But the fact that you're tuning in tells something about you see a need, right? And have that need. And we've just gotten to this point in society where regular worship isn't important anymore. Yeah. Once every couple months well, is I, considered regular worship. It is important, but it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It almost seems like it's more of like a, something we need to put on our to-do list to like check off oh, so we can yeah. show that we did it. You know and so I mean? this is really a time to encourage people. Right. <laughs> worship isn't just another to-do item. It is something that recharges your batteries. I love what you put. Worship takes the focus off of me and puts the focus on God. Yeah. When we get drained, it's often because we put so much focus on ourselves. Right? Yeah. Let, let's see. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> well, how, how do we get to be with God if we don't worship, if we don't pray? Uh, Bill Hybels wrote a book that was called Too Busy Not to Pray, mm -hmm. uh, Too Busy Not to Worship, yeah. Too Busy Not to Be in Great Relationships with Other Christians. A and when we are doing those things, that, that's what recharges you. I remember when I was growing up and I was, I was starting to get into church a little bit uh, in middle school, high school. My parents wouldn't go, but I would go. My father, uh, he, whenever we'd want to hunt, he would always want to hunt on Sunday because Saturday was his day. So we'd always go Sunday. I was like, well, Dad, we could, go to, we could hunt on Saturday and maybe go to church on Sunday. He goes, oh, we'll go worship God up in the mountains. <laughs> Oops, I, remember, <laughs> I, remember, I remember saying to him one time, we can, but we won't. <laughs> you know, and that's a good point. Oh, we'll go to the beach. We can worship God at the beach. Yes, you can worship God at the beach, but you don't worship God at the beach. Worship is that place where you intentionally set aside time to open your heart and your mind up to God. Now, if you could do that up in the mountains, then awesome. Yeah. You should do it in the mountains, but yeah. most people just use that as an excuse. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of harsh words, but if you want to really know how to recharge those batteries, there are two very practical examples for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think sometimes we just have to be honest about, because we've lost some of the things is probably why people are going, how do I find hope? Because we've, we've lost the ways that we used to have. I can't... It says regular worship is like placing the jumper cables on the battery. Yep. 
and the battery's not the cables aren't corroded the battery's not corroded it's keeping yeah keeping us going there um i love what psalm 42 said uh, david said why am i so sad why am i so upset let me paraphrase why don't i have any hope uh, i should put my hope in god and keep praising him yeah. my savior and my god keep praising keep worshiping keep, exactly so. keep praying worship where were we going to go um, if, what do you suggest we put in our faith parasitic draw kits? We just gave you two. Yep. Prayer and worship. Prayer, worship. God's word. Um, open up the Bible. Read. What? I That's know, crazy. And, you know, where? Well, it doesn't, I don't know if it matters where, but the Psalms maybe. Um, where mm. you can see what David is experiencing a wide range of emotions in, in, in his life. The Gospels. I think too, like it's important. I think because it is such a normal thing in society to be super busy all the time. Mm. And I think it's a good reminder. I think you had an unbalanced schedule yeah. or <laughs> that you like with that, it's important to really carve out that time in your schedule, even if you have to schedule it yeah. because mm -hmm. you are so overscheduled. Right. It, it, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's so easy to get mm. so busy with all of the stuff, yeah. you know? And I mean, normal stuff that we all have to do, like the groceries and the, I got to clean. And, but um, I think it, you really have to fight for that time. I mean, I know I do right. personally in my schedule. I and do I think too. it's easy to let that slip first mm -hmm. because it's not a physical thing in front of you that you see that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. It's what you do when you have spare time. But when you never have spare time, it's something you never do. Right. So I love your idea of scheduling 10 minutes for prayer. With the kids, if you have kids, schedule that when you go to bed with those kids, you are going to pray with them. Because that's, that's a way to take kids that can sometimes be draining and do something incredibly fulfilling mm -hmm. with them. You're right. You have to schedule that. You have to make it a priority because we schedule things that are priorities mm -hmm. in our lives, which is what exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And if you just wait to spend time with God when you have spare time. And what well, I, oh, sorry, no. when, what I do specifically, I use the, the Bible app on my phone and you can do different devotions in there and you can set it up in there where it like pops up and it alerts you at a certain time. So I always have it pop up at like 6 a.m. because Whoa. I'll see, well, I'm up early. Okay. So, wow. So I see it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I have time to do it right now. Like if I have it pop up any other time in the day, I'm probably just going to ignore <laughs> it, to be That's honest. So but there are a lot of tools that you could use to help. Make sure it's getting there. I love that. And, and I think just from a, a practical standpoint, too, because I'm much older than these two, mm. I, I'm now waking up in the middle of the night. You know, sometimes it was 3.30 this morning. And I just got up. Cause Why would I, you I, do that? Because otherwise I'll just lay there anyway. <laughs> you know? But that's a time now. I, I, I don't get upset, but I'm going, I've got some quiet time because nobody else is getting up for the next two and a half hours. I can do some reading, I can do some thinking, I can do some praying that, mm. to be honest, when I get to church, it's noisy here, it's a busy place, busy. I can't do it here. You know, what does a pastor do in his office? I'd like to tell you I'm praying all the time and reading the Bible all the time, but there's other stuff. He sleeps yeah. all the time. <laughs> Lots of sleeping up at well, I was going to say, he wakes up so early. Because I got up at 3.30. <laughs> uh, anyway. We have to just keep going yep. around the office waking each other up. <laughs> um... The last thing is pay attention to the voices you listen to, and that's dealing with um, that parasitic drain. I mean, it, 
if you're always listening to CNN or Fox or NMSNBC or Newsmax and all of that, if those are the only voices, good luck having hope. Yeah, because all you're going to hear is how horrible things are. Right. Mm -hmm. And and Jesus uh, in John's Gospel in the 10th chapter is talking about the Good Shepherd, and he, he reminds the listeners that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And then later in the chapter, he says, I'm the good shepherd. Um, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And it's just a tremendous reminder to us of listening to his voice. And that, how do you listen? Well, again, it's going to be in prayer. It's going to be in worship. It's going to be in, in uh, reading God's word. And then just taking some time when you can, mm-hmm. whenever that is, to be Amen. quiet and listen. Do you think that some of those voices could be our own voices? Oh, yeah. You know, especially yeah. when that hope feels very lost, yeah. we could be telling ourselves, like, oh, it's just too late. There's nothing left to be hopeful mm. about. Or, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Um, worry takes over, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're, Jesus many times tells us not to worry, but we let ourselves worry. Um, you, know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're worried about something, and how many times is it usually not a problem by the next day? That's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it just popped in my mind. It was a, yeah. a, we're, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but kind of going back to something. Sometimes if most of the voices you're hearing are negative, you need to change the voices. Get around some positive people. Yeah. Yeah. Great relationships, which, kind of that first point. Exactly, great relationships. Develop, if you know somebody that you really like being around them, Find ways to be around them. That's one of the reasons I think worship is good because most yeah. people in church, not everyone, but at least at church and or in small groups or you know Christian communities, try to be a little bit more hopeful than your average bear. Yep. Not always. Yep. So you, you intentionally make time and set aside the time to be around those folks. And then once again, pay attention to what the voices you're listening to. I used to have like um, seven channels I had programmed. And it was too political. Uh, two political ones, two old rock and roll, a country, and then like sports and Christian, com- radio. And Christian radio. So, and I was like, so why do I have two, well, I have one Christian radio station programmed and two political, right? Actually, it was three because I, I like to get the balance. I would do like MSNBC, Fox, and then something in the middle. So I got rid of the extremes. And now I just have the one in the middle. I've got two Christian radio stations, <laughs> two country stations, and you know, two rock and roll, and then the comedy stations. Yeah. So I changed my listening habits. That's good. You know, that's good. Um, as we wrap it up, in case you didn't hear the sermon last week, I, I, I told the end of the story. So we're in the in the forest, and I thought, let's see if I've got cell coverage. I'll call AAA. And before I could call AAA, a pickup comes. And the guy comes over and says, you having problems? And I said, yeah, our battery's dead. And he jumped us. Um, like jumped jump the, battery. the battery. Yeah, there it is. He didn't, like, <laughs> yeah, didn't take all your stuff and, and drive off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we lost sure. everything. It was terrible. Word, yeah, word, yeah. Words matter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Mm. No, he was very kind. Very nice. And we both thought the same thing. <laughs> I'm from North I wouldn't expect that. Uh, <laughs> but Debbie and I had the same thought. We didn't even have time to pray, and an answer showed up. Mm. Now, I know it's kind of a minor situation. Uh, Parker said, my 14-year-old said, I think he was an angel. 
Because mm. uh, he said, I looked back and I couldn't see him. And I didn't want to say, well, maybe he just drove away. But uh, <laughs> I said, okay. But Jesus said, your father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. And that's what Debbie and I both thought of. And the message of hope I wanted to give to the congregation last week, but to you listening today on Deeper or on the podcast, is that if you don't have hope right now, if you're feeling kind of drained or empty, uh, God knows that. Um, take the steps that we've talked about, worshiping, praying, reading God's word. Um, I believe God's desire is for you to be filled again, for you to have hope again, uh, for you to be encouraged, and he knows you need it. So go ahead and ask him. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to each and every one of you who are watching right now, uh, whether you're in Las Vegas or some other place and wherever you're listening to on the podcast as well. Appreciate that. May God, may God recharge your batteries this exactly. week. Exactly. And come back again next week and join us as we'll be going over Pastor Don's sermon coming up this week. That's awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good job. <clears throat> now, I'm glad I did this because I'm charged up.